What If the Len Bias Story, hosted by Jordan Ritter Khan, is The Ringer's latest narrative podcast? You can find new episodes every Wednesday on the Book of Basketball 2.0 feed. Here's a quick trailer. You've heard his name, Len Bias, 1980s phenom, second pick in the NBA draft. And then, cocaine, tragedy, one of the most shocking deaths in sports history. 35 years later, Bias's legacy is still making an impact. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, this is What If, the Lynn Bias story. I'm Jordan Ritter Khan. What's up, everybody? We back. I'm back. I missed a week. (laughs) R2C2. What's going on, bro? I was going to say, this time it's like we're not back from being here. You're actually back from being gone. This is a legit back. Back from vacation, bro. (laughs) Uh, That's right. How was... I let the people know. I said, hey, you know, C's not here this week. Coney's stepping in. He, He finally was able to go on an anniversary trip with Amber. I just... I was honestly, I was nervous for you in an, like an excited way because I, I know it was very sweet how insistent you were on pulling this off to perfection and surprising Amber. Did it go as planned? It did. It went, it went surprisingly better as planned, but I was so nervous that week that, that we, that even the, the pod before, remember we were doing the pod and I was yeah. trying to get her packed up. That was the day. Like, actually, her best friend was here at, at the house here, and we were in Palm Beach, Florida, at Little C's baseball tournament, and her friends were in her closet, like, packing. So, like, I'm FaceTiming them as we're doing the pod two weeks ago, trying to get her all packed up to get ready to go on this secret <laughs> trip she has no idea about. But, like, <laughs> it, it worked out perfectly, man. Like, Little C didn't play great. Um, they they almost didn't make it to the the uh, the weekend play, which would have been which would have been horrible. So like mm. they had to win all of the first four games, the first you know Monday through Thursday to yeah. get to the weekend, and we were down four nothing on Thursday, cause in the second inning, and I'm panicking, like sweating. <laughs> She's over here trying to change the flight, like oh we can just leave tomorrow. Oh I got no, this, I got this private fl- plane from Florida leaving Sunday to go to Turks. I'm like freaking out, man. And then little C comes up. Uh, base hit starts the rally and they score five runs in the inning and they end up winning the game like everything just worked out so perfect and the week that we spent in Turks was just amazing us two um, getting to hang out we never get an anniversary trip so to be able to like surprise her you know how Amber is she's the most thoughtful person she's the one that's always behind everything pulling everything off so to be able to do this for her was a big deal for me dude I love it man I love it it's uh it, it it really was, I mean, you know me, I love love. So for me, like, <laughs> I, I I love seeing how it was just truly thoughtful and sweet, how much you cared and how, how the details you went through to pull it off, to keep her in the dark about it. Man, it was crazy. Because I know how hard that is to, to uh, keep her, to keep Amber in the dark, the person who's pulling anything, the strings. Bro, yeah, she yeah, runs exactly. the whole shit. So like yeah, to, be yeah. able to, to be able to pull it off was cool. It was crazy. A lot of that thanks to Deb. Um, you know, uh, Michael Palmer, our assistant, like they definitely helped me pull it off, but it was crazy. Ah, oh, so, so happy and happy anniversary to you guys, man. Thank you. Thank you. So see, uh, we're going to talk with Odyssey Alexander, who became a star with her incredible pitching 
at James Madison University in just an unbelievable uh, softball World Series. Looking forward to that. Her nickname yep. CC2, which is fun. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we have a few things to get into with Sling and Heat. See, a, a lot's happened um, since you've been gone. So... So what do you got first for us with Sling and Heat, see? You know, you know what's crazy is because I was in, you know, as a text was at the Aminyar. It's no TVs, cuz. So I didn't really? see I didn't see anything, cuz like nothing. Oh, wow. Like so my first Sling and Heat is getting into the nets, bro. What the fuck yeah. happened? What happened, uh, cuz? Can I, can seen, I just I, uh, I definitely I seen game seven and KD being this close to like actually sending them home. You know what I'm saying? But what an incredible shot. But I didn't see anything in between. Like, when I left, I didn't see anything. It was crazy. See, let me just tell you, I my heart is still aching from that <laughs> loss. Like, that, that, is, that was one of the most painful losses I've experienced uh, as a fan. And obviously, I have a vested interest beyond that with this team. But it, it, I can't even remember the last time I felt that way after a loss. Because, you know what it was? Like, Look, we we know we know the deal. If this team's healthy, they win the finals. We Absolutely. know that. And yeah. and if they if they had what we ended up learning, which I didn't think was the case before the series against the Bucks, but what we ended up learning was if they had just one of those two guys healthy with KD, they, they win. win that series. Yes. Yep. Like and, and they probably go on to the finals. Uh and I think it was just so hard to see them, you know, the most efficient offense in the history of basketball, literally playing gorgeous basketball, even without Harden, remarkably, those first two games, right? The way they're moving the ball. And game three was a slog, and you and I thought it would be an important game, and they did lose it while they still had Kyrie. But then game four, when Giannis goes underneath Kyrie, which I I, I actually, I love Giannis. I do think that was a little dirty, though. Mm-hmm. And, and then he's out. And just trying to see them, like they had nobody who could break people down off the dribble anymore, you know? And it took... A historic effort from KD in Game Five, which that's a an unbelievable performance from him, yeah. you know. And and then, it, honestly, in Game Seven they almost pull it off again. But the way they were trying to make up for Harden playing on one leg, which kudos to him for being a warrior, he couldn't do any of the stuff he normally can. And Kyrie not being there, it just wasn't really sustainable trying to win basketball games that way. Nah, it wasn't, especially against a really good Milwaukee team, a really yeah, good exactly. Milwaukee team, not a not a great Milwaukee team, but a really good Milwaukee team. But but you know what I just seen that came across my phone yesterday that I, I was like, man, this is like 10 days too late. Spencer Dinwiddie got cleared. Ugh, I know. Like, you I know, know what I'm saying? Uh, like, uh, like 10 days too late. Like 10 days earlier, this guy gets cleared and they beat the Bucks. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like yes. just one more healthy option on offense yeah. and they and they and they win this series. Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. Because they just needed someone else to be able to get into the teeth of the defense, because they didn't have that. And so then, you know, they're able to absolutely, you know, flock to Durant the way that they did. You know, other guys can't get open. Obviously, Joe struggled hitting shots, but Joe also didn't have his normal space that yeah. he usually has. And and I think it probably compounded, you know, where all of a sudden he's being stuck to like glue because they don't have Harden, because they don't have Kyrie. And then maybe he misses a few and then it gets in his head a little bit, perhaps, you know, I mean, and it becomes a compounding problem. I think I think for Jodo having this tough playoffs or this tough series, I think he's gonna come back even better next year. He's that type of guy that's gonna, yeah. you know, he's gonna watch the film and figure out how he can get better and how he can get his shots off, even in those type of situations. Because we don't know if, if they're gonna be healthy again next year. This could be the same type type of 
situation. Oh, please this year. no. Please no. I'm no. just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from Joe Harris' yeah. perspective. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where yeah. he needs to be able to get shots. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if he's getting covered like a se- second option. And he can do that. So I, I, I feel like he'll be able to come back after this tough playoffs and, and have an even better year next year. I agree with you. Now he kind of has to get in that mode, right? Of like, okay, how how do I? That's the next part of my game now, right? Like, how do I get these looks, even if even if I am being you know hawked by a defense because we're down, guys? And I think the Nets look. I mean, it it sucks. It sucks because I'm you know we all were expecting a championship. What Durant was doing was legendary. You want to continue to watch him, just the way he was playing. I mean, it's just ridiculous the way he's come back after the Achilles is amazing. Yeah. It stinks. But the reality is we know why they lost. You know, the, the big picture reason they lost is they weren't healthy. You know, you could survive losing one of those guys. You couldn't survive losing two. You lost two of them. That ended up being the difference. Having said that, it hurts so much because you were an inch away from still advancing. And then maybe you do get Kyrie back at some point. Although it sounds like that ankle injury may be a little worse than they were letting on. You yeah, know, I don't like think he was coming back. I know it's not, they made it sound like he definitely was, but then even after the game, I think Durant used the word gruesome to describe it. And now he's not going to play in the Olympics. And so it makes me think, eh, maybe he wasn't coming back, you know, but that's why it's this weird juxtaposition. See, because like, it doesn't feel like some epic failure to me because they were hurt. Like, that's why, you know, but yeah, then think, it also, every- you, you, you were still this close to still winning though. So that's why it hurts. I think everybody wants it to be this epic failure because they had this big three and people hate, you know, people love to hate KD and, you know, yep. people love to hate Harden. People people love to hate this big three, all three of them, ind- individually. So together, you know, people want this to be this big ep- epic failure and it's not. Like, <laughs> right, guys, it's just not. <laughs> if they're healthy, because which they will be next year, they're going to win. And most of the time when you put together big threes like that, they never win in the first year anyway. Look at Miami, look at... You know, all these yeah. other teams that, that have tried this, they never win in the first year. So, you know, we'll have to just wait and see how, how it shakes out. Hopefully they can put some good role players around these guys again, um, you know, to be able to, to you know, not have these guys playing so many minutes during the season so they can be healthy during the, during the playoffs. But um, let's just wait and see how it shakes out with the salary cap and all that shit. And Barclays was the best it's ever been. And, and it is going to be next year. Like, look, the, the – the positive spin, the pain is the loss, right? And the missed opportunity, no doubt, even if the injuries are an, an outstanding reason why it happened. But the, I guess the excitement of it is the, the, the growth and energy of the fan base around them and the excitement about this group now feeling even more galvanized, right? Like you, because you lost the way you did, it's going to fuel this group collectively and it's going to fuel the energy like, Dude, I, going to those games next season, even in the regular season, I think it's going to be unbelievable now yeah. going to see and, this team. And I think KD, like, put New Yorkers on notice. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Co- like, like, stop, Come no, watch stop, this. Stop yeah. playing with my fucking name, cuz. Like, I am the best. <laughs> I am the best hooper you motherfuckers have ever seen. So, yes, like, yes. I, I think he definitely put New Yorkers on notice to stop fucking around and, and, and stop playing. As my uh, former colleague and good friend Robin Lumberg, who's a Nets fan, uh, said, I am now a KD stan for life. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's how I feel. Like, watching that guy and the way he left his soul on the floor, Yo, man. Like, that's, oh. when, I, when I seen him at Texas, because that's how I felt. So that, I've been a, t- a KD stan since then. <laughs> that's why you're a Nets fan now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be there next year together, ready to celebrate a championship in 2022. Yes, sir. We will.
All right, what do you got for your second sling and heat, C? My second sling and heat is if you watch the games the last two days, just the umpire checks with the with the pitchers walking off the field. Shit's funny, man. But like, <laughs> and the pitchers get all upset and shit. But like, bro, like it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, just get just get the little check and do whatever you got to do and just walk off. I thought I thought Cole did a good job with it. I thought Degrom handled it well. I thought Scherzer even handled it well too until until Girardi started fucking with him. Which is I think I think more managers are gonna do that. I think yeah. more more managers would. I, I mean, if 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 I was a manager and I had a guy like CeCe Sabathia out on the mound, if me, like, being volatile, knowing how I am, can lose yeah. it really fast, I would have him checked every inning. Every <laughs> inning. Just to fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just a little, hey, I'm just a little dig. Like, we think you may be cheap. Like, every inning. And you know what I would be doing? Walking off like Scherzer did after, after the fifth inning. Staring in the dugout, cussing everybody out, all of that shit. But, like, I think it's just a good strategy for, the, for, for managers to be able to use, but... It's gotta be. It's gotta be some kind of consequence, though. Like if Joe has him checked and then he doesn't have anything, then maybe Joe loses a challenge or something. You know mm. what I'm saying? Later in the game. So, like, it's ha- it has to be some kind mm. of some kind of consequence if you got, have a guy checked and then you know if, if he doesn't have anything out there. That way, you can't just check. That way, over you can't just over. fuck with a guy because like you can't have yeah. you can't walk off the field every day. Um, every inning having him undress. Do you think that managers now will feel more emboldened to check, to have opposing pitchers checked? Because in the past, they wouldn't do that, right, because they had their own guys using stuff. But now if they think like, hey, I, my guys I don't are, aren't doing it anymore because of these rules, like, and I think this guy might be like. Oh, you, yeah. you know how much like, I would check everybody. Like every <laughs> fucking guy. I, I would just be fucking with people. Me yeah. as a player in the dugout, I'll be screaming at people. Check his ass. Check that. I would be screaming like all day just to be get people checked, just to fuck with them. Like this is. I think I feel like if you they don't if MLB don't like figure out how to you know have you know some consequences for the manager or the other team to have these guys check. I think it's gonna get out of control. You're gonna have what you had last night where you know you got I love K Long. You got K Long screaming at Girardi. But, like, I mean, if those two dudes met on the field, Girardi beat the shit out of K-Long. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking Yo, I'm I would not the TV mess with like, Joe in a fight, no, man. I'm, I'm no. watching the TV like K-Long. You know Joe, Kaz. Stop <laughs> fucking with that man. Like, stop fucking with that guy. Hey, hey Joe, Joe's got some... It, Bro, it, you see that, how he, he, he He's got snappage, man. Right Joe has snappage, man. He came right yeah. out of the dugout, Kaz. Yeah. Let's fucking go. You want to yeah, fight? Let's man. fucking go. I loved uh, it, Kaz. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. All right, see, what do you got for your final sling and heat? My, th- my, my third and final sling and heat uh, for this week is, um, you know, everybody's gotten excited about Gary. You know, you, everybody's seen me defend him on social media and all that stuff, and I'm always going to defend Gary because he works hard. Um, and he has been on fire, but his last two doubles have been the right center. And I've been telling you, when he starts hitting the ball to right field again, that's when I'll get excited. And he hit that ball off Manaya to right, right center, and I jumped off the couch like – that's what I want to see. I don't want to see 500-foot homers to left field. I want to yeah. see him hitting balls to right right field, right center field, because when he first came up at 16, out of the 20 homers he hit, six, five, 12 or 13 of them were to the right field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, right yeah. center. And that's where his power is. And that's when he becomes a really, really good hitter. So now I'm excited. Now I'm, I'm really excited to see where he, where he goes from here. Man, I could not agree more with you. Seeing him hit two doubles in the same game, to right center, it felt like I was watching Gary the, when he first came up. 
Like that's exact. I felt the same exact way. First of all, he's in the best 20 game stretch he's had since 2017. When you look at batting average on base slugging. And the reason why I think is exactly what you're talking about. See that going to right center. Like that's him being him. And I, I talked to Marcus Tim's Yankees hitting coach a lot about it uh, on the field. Now that we have field access again, thank God uh, this past weekend. And he was talking about how, and Aaron talked about this too, Aaron boom, Gary totally reworked his lower half. Totally reworked his lower half. Was it, it, it massive mechanical changes, which you know way better than I know. Not easy to do in season, but he put in the work, and he's so much quieter there now. He's not jumping out at the ball, and it's allowing him to stay back and hit those balls to right center to trust his hands and his power. And see, it was the first time in years that a big spot has come up in a game, and I thought. That's the man I want up. And I was talking about Gary Sanchez. And to me, that was really telling. Yeah. And, and you remember when he first came up, like he was our best hitter. Remember yeah, that? Period. Like, we were talking yeah. about he was the best hitter on the team. Like yes. Judge was the home run hitter, but Gary was the best hitter. And he covered everything. Like he covered balls out, you know, two balls out and hit those balls to the right center. Cover balls in. But like as a young hitter, you know, he get caught, he get a couple of long home runs early in um uh, in 2018, the left field, and he just got pool happy. It happens, man. He's a young player. And this is all I was trying to tell the Yankee fan base and ex explain to everybody all the time is give this guy a chance to make an adjustment, bro. We've seen how good he can be. And he got he got a little jumpy. He got, you know, he tried to hit home runs the left field, just hitting bombs, hitting bombs. And even when he was, even in, in winter ball uh, this year, when he, when he was going off, and remember I told you, I was like, yeah. I don't want to see that, cuz. Yeah. I don't want to see him hitting home runs to left field. I want to see him hitting balls back again to right right center. And now that he's back to that, bro, I'm super excited now. I mean, this is what I wanted to see from him. Now it feels legit. Now it feels, now, you know, now, now it feels like, okay, that's the Gary Sanchez that we know. That's the Gary Sanchez that we know. Um, all right, see, well, without further ado, uh, we are going to get to speak with a young woman who became – an absolute star over the last couple of months, rightfully so. Odyssey Alexander, the outstanding pitcher for James Madison University after their trip to the Softball World Series where they won their first two games thanks to this young woman's heroics. So without further ado, here is the other CC on R2C2. <laughs> I feel like, see, this is this is big. This is the first time we've had another CC on R two C two, and and a picture too, and and one yeah. better than me. So this is awesome. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, Odyssey, what I mean, you went on this incredible run you were just amazing and you know james madison went to heights we had never seen for an unranked team in the college world series as you've had now a week or so to process it what what's the thing you keep replaying or reliving in your mind from from your historic run i mean the one thing I'll say the one play that I keep, you know, just replaying in my head was, of course, that diving play um, that I had at home 
that was something so unexpected. I had no idea, you know, I had that in myself. And uh, just to see how much that one play like impacted so many people and inspired so many people, it's like, you know, just wow. Like, I have no words for that. Like, I mean, all the support from our fans was just, even other fans, like people from other teams, like that meant so much to me because I feel like that's what the sport is about, you know? Like you want to inspire people. You want to inspire, you know, the younger ones to like be the best, um, be the best person, be the best teammate, you know, and just be the best version of themselves. So I think that the play was the biggest um, moment for me. That play was insane. Like what was going through your mind? Like when she dropped that down, was just, it's just getting out. Like, was it just like react or like, like, um, like, I don't think it was like just getting out because, you know, most pitchers would probably throw it to first base, but I was more focused on we're not going into extra innings. Uh, we're not trying this game up. I'm a little tired. We're getting this done, you know, this inning, you know, right now. So whatever I could do to like not let them score and tie the game up, that's what that was my goal. So but you I, know, go for it, see, yeah. No, I was just about to say I started watching uh in the regionals and just watching you pitching. My mom is a huge softball fan, and she was like, look, this is girl in James Madison. Her name is Cece, and she's a pitcher. Like, So we started watching, and I just want to know, like, your routine on, on, on pitch day. And, like, you pitch all, like, so many games. Like, I, like, do you get physically tired, or, like, is it more mentally tired, like, of it being pitch day? Um, I wouldn't say not too mental. Um, I tried to stay, you know, focused. Because um, I knew, I mean, I knew I was going to pitch a lot. Um, but physically I could say, you know, my body was tired. I think that's, that's natural. You know, you're going to be tired if you throw that many games, but, you know, just doing it for my teammates, you know, I think it's more to, um, softball, a sport in general than just, you know, the wins and the losses. I think my purpose and, you know, why I play the game brought me a long way. Um, so I guess that was like my motivation to, you know, prove to everyone that, you know, anyone can do it. Like, I did it. You can do it too. When did you, when did you sort of start thinking about that Odyssey, about that being your, your purpose and, and understanding that it can have an impact beyond just yourself and your team? Um, I kind of grew into that, you know, coming in as a freshman, you know, I really didn't know, you know, really anything. I was just there to play the sport because I love the sport, but having a purpose, you know, that takes you much, much further um like why do I play this game and I can tell you my why uh definitely my yeah. parents, grandparents um they were a huge inspiration to me um and a lot of people know that my grandpa couldn't make it to you know most of the games in postseason because of you know some um medical issues but I was playing for him um I knew he was praying for me back home to you know go out there and just be my best so that was my why um in like all of the postseason and pretty much all in my softball career. Oh, that's awesome. And didn't your grandfather also, he kind of helped get you started with a backstop in your yard yeah. as well. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So, so my grandma, I started, because um, we have a brick house, I started pitching on the house. And my grandma was like, oh, no. Uh, no <laughs> You're not doing that. So, you know, I was like, go to the well. And um, it would just bounce back to me. And I did that every single day, you know. People now are like, you know, you didn't, you don't work as hard. I do work hard, but they're like, you don't work as hard. And I'm like, well, 
growing up, I did that every single day and it, it kind of became natural to me. Um, so that work um, really did pay off. What, what made you pick up the sport? Like who, who introduced you to, uh, to softball and did you play other sports as a kid? Uh, I did play other sports. I played volleyball. That was really fun. Um, I played <laughs> basketball. I did. I enjoy basketball a lot, but I guess grandpa introduced me to softball. Um, he introduced me to all those sports. Really. He put me in a lot. Um, he did a lot for me, but I think softball just, it kind of just stuck to me. Like before catching the bus in the morning, I would grab a stick that I left, um, by the mailbox, um, every morning and I would just throw up a rock and just hit it. It was just always something to do. You know, um, I would go to school with like splinters in my hand. I mean, I just fell in love with the game and I just kept going from there. I want to go back to the play you made, uh, for a moment to, to win. I believe it was the second game, right? Cause you guys had beat Alabama the game before in, uh, we beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, excuse me, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, you beat Oklahoma the game before, and then uh, and then your play to to end that second game of the of the softball World Series, where you you, I mean, it's an it's an all time great play. It's going to be a highlight yes, that lives is. forever. What I want to know is how did you hang on to the ball as you're <laughs> diving to make the tag? Because it's in softball, it's more difficult to absorb that contact and keep the ball in your glove. Obviously, the ball is just much bigger, and it's easier for it to slip out. I know there's some compensation with the gloves you use, et cetera, but it's not easy to absorb a tag like that as yeah. you're diving, and she's diving towards home. And she kicked uh, me. And she yes. Kicked I don't know. Yeah. Yes. How did you hold on to yeah. the ball? I think God held on to that ball. I have no idea how it didn't fly out. I was happy that it didn't because, like I said, I did not want that game to tie up. and. um I was just ready to be done. Like I was just ready to win that game. So I have no idea how I did not play out. God said, we're going to hold it in here for a little bit longer. And he did that. <laughs> I thank God that that play did happen. He did. How, how about Odyssey? You, I mean, you threw over a thousand pitches at, you know, the softball world series, kind of like what C was talking about with the physical and the mental taxation. But like when I, I know people talk about, cause you know, we obviously talk baseball a lot and, you know, the overhand motion and, and it's not natural. And that's why you hurt your arm. Right. And well, why can softball pitchers pitch every game? Well, well it's underhand. And I feel like people act like you can't get tired doing it. Yeah, but right. I imagine <laughs> after a thousand pitches, you can get tired. <laughs> How did you feel physically at the end of that? Like, did you know, like, I mean, are you feeling like, Oh my gosh, I have pitched so much during this tournament. Uh, it really didn't hit me until after the tournament. I like sat down. I was like, geez, like I really did throw a lot. But once you, when you're in the game, you don't, you don't feel that there's so many emotions and so much going on that you just do whatever you can to, you know, help your team win. And eventually, I mean, of course, everyone saw I ran out of gas a little bit, but um, I feel like I left a legacy where I did my best. Like I left it all out there. So mentally, Nothing really hit me until afterwards. Physically, nothing really hit me until after the tournament was over. I felt, I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of sore. But <laughs> in <the games> like, <laughs> I mean, I really didn't feel it. Even when I ran out of gas, I wasn't, I mean, of course my body was tired. And I guess it just, you know, hit that point where it's like, yeah, take her out. But I mean. But when you do get physical, like when you get soreness, are you, is it your legs or is it your shoulder or like what, what is it normally that you like you feel uh, physically? 
Uh, usually it's just like my whole body. Like, um, I don't feel it, but like, I think like my mentally, I feel it like, okay, your body is kind of, you know, tired now, but physically I didn't, I didn't feel, you know, anything when they had took me out that game. It was just like, yeah, her body's tired. Well, as a pitcher, you never really feel like you're done anyway, or you don't know when you're tired. You're like, no, I can get this next out. Like, I get this next out. Oh, no, I'm I'm, I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've been there, see, you know. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, Honestly, when you, you all you become the first unranked team to win two games at the at the College World Series, right? You beat Oklahoma, then you beat Oklahoma State with your your incredible tag play. When you go into the tournament as a team, were you thinking like because you know sometimes you know, well, we we, we got a really good team here, and maybe like people just don't understand that because they yeah. haven't seen you, or you know, you're not the big powerhouse typical school. Are you going into the College World Series saying, we're going to surprise some people? Like, people don't understand how good we are. What was the mentality going in? I think for the whole team, I know I can say, you know, we had so many doubts, you know, from, you know, a lot of people. Um, And I think that was our motivation to, you know, prove to them that, you know, we can do it. And we're coming to, you know, compete. We're coming to win. We're not just here for, you know, anything. We made it here for a reason. And I think that was our biggest thing. That was our motivation to prove to, you know, the softball world or the world that, you know, anybody can do it. So I think that was my biggest thing. You also, when you, especially in a sport like softball, right? Like you may not, you're obviously not always going to be on the sports world's radar, but then you have this moment in time where your tournament takes center stage and then Maybe a, a superstar emerges like yourself. And now you take, you know, the center of center stage and the attention has to magnify by, you know, a multitude that's incalculable, right? So how did you deal with as you're feeling the attention grow? You know, I, I, I get to even now in your life, but during the tournament, how did you deal with kind of, I'm sure, tangibly feeling the wave of attention growing as you're going through the tournament and and your heroics are the main reason why. I mean, like I said, like that's why, you know, most athletes, you know, play the game that they play. They want to inspire all these, all these people. They want to be a role model. Like that was my biggest goal too. Um, did I know I was going to come out and just blow up like that? I had no idea. Um, <laughs> it all kind of, you know, hit me at once. And I'm like, oh my God, like I did this, like I impacted these people. I inspired these people. So all of that meant so much to me from the bottom of my heart. Like it's, it's just heartwarming and you just, it's, it's just like, you have no words because it's like, gosh, you know, I was sitting on the couch of my nine-year-old self, you know, watching all these players play. I'm like, man, Mm. I want to be on that stage. And then you're finally there. And it's like, oh, I'm here. Um, and I'm impacting all these people and I'm inspiring all these people. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just heartwarming. I, I can tell you had a huge impact on my family already. I have a, I have a 11 year old cousin that's a pitcher and oh. she, on, she only ever wore 52 because the only picture that she ever looked like her that she liked was me. So yeah. watching the college world series. Now she saw, 
Odyssey, and now it's all Odyssey. Like, I can't uh, even get her to, she want to change her number now. I can't even get her to think three. about me. I can't even get her to think about me no more. So now <laughs> it's going to be number three next year. And, like, she's a really good pitcher, though. Like, she's really, really good. And now, like, I know she's going to stay in the sport because you inspired her. Like, you know, having people that look like you and you see them on TV, it yeah. just inspires you. And it, and it just grows, it fuels your passion for the sport. You know, like myself yeah, watching Dave Stewart as a kid. Same thing. Like, so you had that huge impact on Ryan. And I know she's going to make it to college now. So she's going to be a great pitcher because of yeah. what you did this year. It's been amazing. That means so much. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what it's about. You want people, especially people who look like me, to do that. And you dream it, you can be it. And, you know, here I am. That's awesome. God bless. <laughs> it's incredible. It, along those lines, Odyssey, with sort of, you know, hearing stories like that, and I'm sure you've heard quite a few of them, you know, over the last couple of weeks and and, and feeling the impact you're making. Does it change your why? You talked about your why being your your grandpa, like, or does it, I shouldn't say change, but does it add to it? Do, do you now feel this, you know, even, you know, deeper sense of purpose within your career journey? Absolutely. I mean, from the beginning, like I said, I never knew, you know, I would be on that platform and, you know, inspire that many people and impact that many people. But now it has, you know, added, you know, to my why, like, this is why I play this sport to inspire, you know, people who look like me, even younger athletes, younger female athletes, older athletes, you know, to be the best you. And I think, yes, that did add to my purpose. Um, like I said, I grew into, you know, what is my purpose? I grew into that. I didn't start off as, you know, I know why I'm playing this game. I love the game, but I didn't know particularly like, why was I playing softball? And once I figured that out, it was like, oh, you're like this unbelievable player now. And I'm like, I mean, I didn't know I had it in me, but I mean, it means so much to, you know, know that I have that impact on others. And yes, that does add to my why. When you think about some of your best performances, just like you know, growing up through now, because I know there's, you know, like I know you have multiple no hitters in, in your collegiate career. And and I believe in regionals, you had a 19 strikeout game, right? I mean, yeah, that was you, a you, long game. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, if you think, cause sometimes we like to have fun like this. Like we were talking with, um, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Buccaneers <laughs> yeah. running back Leonard Fournette. And he was going through one of his games in high school in New Orleans and like, I think he, what was it? See, he had like, like four five carries, carries for yeah, 400 like, yards and four touchdowns. Crazy, like something, something ridiculous. Like that. That's is, insane. Is, yeah. <laughs> is there a, is there a game? It could be from rec ball. It could be from, you know, high school, middle school, whatever. Is there a game you think back of where you're just like, yeah, that was the most ridiculous performance I ever had. Just as far as like what you were able to do statistically. Um, maybe one. I think I was, I was very young. And we had went to a college, not a college World Series, a World Series for like the Dixie League. And I believe I threw all strikes. One was a foul ball. And it was just, honestly, it was just like when I recently had in college, we played College of Charleston. I threw um, a perfect game and one was a foul ball. So the games were similar. So I was like, wow. dang, I just, I did that, you know, back in the day. And I was like, oh, wow, I did that in college. But that was probably one of the... Wait, you didn't throw you you didn't throw a ball the whole game. The whole game. When I was younger, in college, they were swinging at they were swinging at everything. I don't know yeah. what was going on that game, but they <laughs> made them strikes. 
but Good. in the Dixie League, legit all strikes. Um, wow. Wow. That's that nuts. That's amazing. But yeah. wait, you, you, did that in, you did that in college too, where you threw all strikes? Um, perfect game, as in, you know how college goes, where, yeah, they all kind of struck out and then one girl fouled it off. Wow. Jeez. That is, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's nuts. She's, she yeah. said they all like struck the out. Not, not like I struck them out. She yeah. didn't say I struck yeah. them out. She said they all yeah. struck yeah. out. They all kind of struck out. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's amazing. Game, that is unbelievable. Yeah, I bet it was. Oh, that's crazy. That is awesome. Oh, I love that. What, you know, I, honestly, I know you've already, you know, signed a deal and, and, and softball will continue. How do you kind of see this, you know, professional chapter of, of your career and, and what are your goals now moving forward? Um, you know, moving forward, I think I will definitely play softball for a while, for a long time, just because of, you know, my love for the game and my passion for the game. So that is something, you know, I would continue to do. Um, and right now there are so many opportunities, you know, being thrown at me right now, but, you know, <laughs> keeping my head on straight and, you know, focusing on, you know, what's most important to me, which is my love for the game and softball right now. But before all this, all this blew up, I was looking to coach. Um, oh, nice. Softball. So maybe that'll be something, you know, I'd do later in my career. But softball for now, I think I'll just continue to play that for a little while and, you know, see where that leads me. That's awesome. Yeah, I can see you being a great coach. That, and, and you know what? You could do both, right? You could play. Yeah. You can take advantage of whatever other opportunities are coming your way and then still coach. You know, that'll, that'll be there for you. Has there been... I'm sure there've been a lot of different, you know, celebrities or or people in the sports world who have reached out in the aftermath of uh your performance and and taking the nation by storm in in the World Series. Is there one or two interactions that either got you more excited or, you know, that were more memorable for one reason or another? Um, I mean, there were a lot. I thought the tweet from the MLB was that was pretty cool. I mean, oh, that yeah. I was like, oh my God, they saw me. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody re reposted it. Like on Instagram, I know every player I saw reposted yeah, it. Like, like everybody was oh proud. My God. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that one really, you know, stuck out to me. And then of course Kat Osterman, um, she reached out because that's, you know, a player I've idolized myself for like years. She's been like my role model for years. And to just see her reach out to me, that meant a lot to me. But of course there were so many others. Um can't really name them all, but I mean, the support was just, you know, out of this world. See, is there, I mean, we talk about so many things on the podcast, but I don't know if I've ever asked you, like when you were like first kind of being noticed for your ability or, or, you know, broke out, like, is there a celebrity interaction, see, or like someone in the game who reached out to you that you still think about, like, you know, as one that was like, wow, when he, it maybe even was after you were in the minors or whatever it was yeah. where you were like, like, oh man, this person noticed me. Like they, or like, wow, they know but, who I am or they, know, they noticed my pitching. David Justice. It was my first um, spring training. So I, I, I got drafted and then I pitched and, and then you go to spring training. I came to spring training that next year to minor league camp and I was in the weight room and he came up and introduced himself to me. He was like, yeah, I've been hearing about you and I saw you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I might. I might have a, have, a, have a future in the game. Like, you know, this guy knows who I am. I, I'm feeling pretty good. So, yeah, it was, it was David Justice the first time, like, 
I felt like my name meant something. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, that's awesome. I like that. How about uh, Odyssey? You, you know, you you got a standing ovation from the Oklahoma fans. Like, I mean, from the opposing fans. What did that mean to you in this competitive environment to receive that? That, I mean, that definitely made me cry even more. I was already crying after <laughs> I my last, you know, college softball pitch. And then them just, you know, standing up and, you know, clapping for me and cheering for me. I mean, that brought even more tears to my eyes because, you know, like I said, you, Odyssey, you just impacted, you know, so many people and inspired so many people that you didn't know um, you inspired. And it's just like, you know, wow. Like I, I honestly had no words. I just wanted to go in the back of the dugout and just ball my eyes out. Cause it's like, you really did this. And I mean, I couldn't thank all of them enough, you know, the whole world, you know, for all the support they've shown towards me, my teammates, you know, my school, you know, it's just heartwarming. And honestly, it was breathtaking. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. You very rarely see that, you know, you very rarely see the, the, the visiting crowd give you a, or the other team's crowd give you a sign ovation. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Odyssey, how about um, just like for you, you know, off the field, like if you on a perfect off day, you don't have softball practice. What do you what do you like to do? What are your interests? Um, I've always been the person to just chill and hang out. Um, I don't really do too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Are you into any shows or any music right now like that? You know, C and I try and stay cool. He has kids. I'm about to have one. But I kind of like I don't oh. know what what the cool kids are listening to or watching right now. So you can help me out and 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 let me know what's like what, you know, what's kind of like mainstream right now in in youth pop culture. Not Eminem. I tell him. That. <laughs> yeah, tell him that's not, my guy, though. Tell him not Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> look like <laughs> Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, on my off days, which is usually probably the weekends, um, I do like to attend church. I know churches, you know, they nice. have a lot, so I watch that. Um, music, I'm kind of all over the place with music. I kind of listen to anything. Um, on TV, I actually just started this show with Kevin Hart in it. It's called The Fatherhood, I believe. Uh, yeah, I've watched a couple of episodes, and I'm kind of into that right now. I mean, right nice. now, mind to watch tv but um, <laughs> i started watching that a couple of days ago and I, I like it um i mean it's something kevin hart I, I haven't seen him in anything like that usually he's like funny yeah and it's like it's actually inspiring to uh, oh it is so yeah it's it's really good I, i've heard that show is really good so we yeah. might need to check that out Ruth. i might put it on yeah the list. we might see always keeps me honest on my shows i uh, i might have to because it's funny you said that though because you think comedian right and you just think yeah. it's definitely going to be Funny, but like, all right, good. So the fatherhood would be one uh, that we check that we check out. How about you know Odyssey? Just you know, before we let you you run and and thank you for you know spending the time with us. For those people who you know you have inspired and who now are going to be following your journey uh, so closely. What if there was like one takeaway you wanted them to have, or one message you wanted to give to them? What would it be? Be yourselves. Be the best version of yourselves. Um, stay true to yourself. Um, you know yourself better than anybody. Um, and in those big moments, whatever sports you play, you know, it comes from the heart. So it comes from within yourself. Um, the big strikeouts, you know, the big plays in those big moments, it's from within you. And I think just 
be yourself. I mean, that's literally been like my motto for the longest. Um, I was just being myself, you know, bring whatever you bring to the table, you know, bring that 110%, um, work hard, you know, whatever you do, especially when no one is looking. Um, I think me growing up, that was, you know, that was it. The well was it. No one saw me doing it, but I was doing it, you know, every day. <laughs> you know, seven days a week, I was doing that. Like grandpa said in that video, I was out there till nighttime, you know, just throwing back and forth to that well. And I definitely mastered, you know, throwing it right down the middle because you see that. <laughs> it caved in, so uh, accuracy was definitely there. So, you know, just work hard at, you know, anything you do, stay dedicated to what you do, determine and, you know, just be yourself. Beautiful message, uh, perfectly said, and uh, it's just been so awesome watching you, Odyssey, and your success. And it it was thrilling to watch you during the World Series. And, you know, we look forward to the next steps of your career. And thanks for hopping on R2C2 with us. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Well, Odyssey is a is a very mature, sweet young woman, huh? Man, and what she said at the end right there about the big moments and it coming from within, yeah, I mean that that's perfect for young for young uh, athletes to hear because in those big spots, people tend to get jumpy and get nervous. But if you remember all the work you put in and think about everything that you have in you, it'll pour out in those big spots. So that was perfect. She's super mature, man. Like that was that was a great interview. Uh, super mature. Loved getting to talk to Odyssey. And her other big message was, you know, be yourself. As you talk about, it comes from within. And, and along those lines, want to give a huge shout out uh, to one of the members of your Las Vegas Raiders, Carl Nassib, who became the first active NFL player to come out as gay. And see, I just love seeing, you know, people being more and more comfortable to be themselves. You know, everybody on this planet should feel comfortable being themselves and, and seeing Carl come out is inspiring. And, um, and I think just, uh, just, just wonderful that, you know, um, you know, and hopefully allows more players in the NFL to feel, you know, comfortable and in sports in general, I was about to, to say, feel comfortable in, in sports in general, just to let, let everybody live their truth. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. kudos to him to be able to, to come out and feel comfortable enough. I think the sports world is ready for it. I think the world is ready for it. It's 2021. You know, it's a different time right now. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just up to the person to feel comfortable enough to, to come out. But, uh, yeah, kudos to him. And I saw where his jersey just skyrocketed to the top selling jersey in the league now. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah, that's really cool. Really cool. Uh, you guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday, bonus episodes as well. We have some, some cool guests coming up. Uh, so make sure you are locked in. It was so cool being at the stadium to see walking by people this weekend, you know, with more fans in the stands and everybody stopping me. I love R2C2. I love R2C2, which we always love hearing that. So, uh, make sure, um, to tell everybody, you know, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We have a Facebook page as well now too, R2C2 and, um, New episodes every Thursday, bonus episodes, and and we'll be back next week, everybody. And big thanks, as always, to our producers, Sadie Zillow, Bobby Wagner, always holding it down for us. They're the best. Peace. Peace.